What would you do if everyone said they heard your trailer a hundred times? You'd probably make a new one. I'm Justin Sales, the host of The Wedding Scammer, The Ringer's first ever true crime pod. We've been hunting a con man for a few weeks now, and our hunt is coming to an end. Schemes, heartbreak, how to put on a wire. We've covered all this and more, but there are still a few surprises left. Binge The Wedding Scammer wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another installment of The Pod Has Spoken, season 45 of Survivor, and it just keeps going. Uh, episode 11, this game rips your heart out. It certainly does. I've, I've felt that in the past, Riley. Riley, my co-host here. Riley, have you ever had your heart ripped out? Uh, not by a game show, no. Yeah. <laughs> not, not on television, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> yet not yet <laughs> sometimes viewers like look at that and they're like oh yeah right but when you start getting close to the end you believe that that money is pretty much yours and when it gets yanked from you and you're already planning like how is this going to change my life what moves can i make with the money now to change my life for the entirety of my life not just like short term like buying a ferrari or whatever mm -hmm. and then when that's get gets pulled from you, it's like a hard reset for. So if you have already convinced yourself that you're going to win this thing, it's really, really extra difficult to but lose. I think they were talking about not only getting voted out and like, you know, potentially losing when you're you're right on the cusp of winning, but also like having to take that away from somebody else too. like that's yeah. the other thing. Yeah, which is partly the new era, partly all new players, because you don't want to as a new player, like you don't fully understand the sting of getting voted out until you've been voted out. So coming back, that's easier to do. Rip that dream from someone else's hands. Yeah. Like I do it every single time now, but that first season is tricky. Um, joining us today, our producer extraordinaire, also host, uh, Ashley Smith. Ashley, what'd you think of the episode? 
I liked it. I really, really liked it. It was because Emily's gone. No, that was the that was the saddest, <laughs> <laughs> that was the saddest part. Okay. I think personally, mm-hmm. but I I liked um I liked the dynamics of of the group right now. It's nice to see everyone being sweethearts to each other, but I I think the whole point of Survivor is to kind of see everyone for their true selves and actually play the game. And I think when they're not fully trusting each other, that's when you can see people actually playing the game. So I'm, yeah, really liked it. It's about to get real good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I also, you touched on that, like everybody wanting to play nice with each other. And that's kind of been a theme in the post-COVID era of Survivor is like when people get voted out, they're like, ah, shucks. Well, good luck to all of you. And that's like the way it's been. And we've talked a bit about Mama J, Julie, not being able to win because she's too close and the betrayal stings too much for these people. But watching this episode, even as Emily went, she's like, I'm so, so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And Emily's like, it's okay. Is the new era about rewarding the nicer person again? Is that, are we reverting back to like a season two where it's like, well, Tina didn't do shit, but she was nice. Let's vote <laughs> her as the winner. Like, is that, are we back to that? Like the coach strategy of like hugging people on their way out. That's now a, a positive. It's going to work. It's come full it's circle. It's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like true, showing true remorse for voting someone out and feeling sad about betrayal is now like a thing that wins you points. It probably depends on the individual season and the and the cast that you're with and the and sure the you can say that about spread. every single question I've ever asked, <laughs> Riley. Like it's that all is unique. Such, <laughs> this guy. Like that you just have that on hand for when you can't answer a question yeah, for real. Through, you're just like, like well, plug this in. Yeah, it depends on season to season because it's always that's the interesting thing about Survivor. It's all different personalities that react differently in every single situation. So you're all come on, Riley, give us something better. <laughs> the answer is always yes and no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I do think that like the the show has has leaned toward this more uh-huh. with like more empathy yeah, and whatnot, uh-huh. and less people being pissed that they would go. You know, this season began with Emily saying she'd rather go home first if she doesn't win, and then do you think she would now? No, I don't think so at all. Because in her final words, she was like, "This is a great experience. I've grown so much." Blah blah blah. So you know, I think that's the show literally like pushing back on on her original position there. Do you think she grew? Yeah, it seems like it. We'll see if it sticks off the island. Does it say, did you grow on Survivor? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> I think, if anything, I'm a worse person because of it, to be honest. Wow. Explain. For me, Survivor itself as an experience was not a challenge, but I've done some hard things in my life that pr- are similar but more difficult. Going on a Mormon mission as a 19 year old shipped to the Philippines with nothing or nobody. Uh, and being there for two years, that yeah. definitely is a, a much more difficult situation. And then peddling the gospel of Jesus Christ door to door, that is very difficult to do. As a 19-year-old boy, like imagine knocking on a stranger's door and then just being like, hey, yo, I got a message for you. Yeah. We also ha- have all of it and you don't have any of it, but we're will- like, it's not easy to, <laughs> to, 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 to sell that and be that young and doing it. Uh, on top of that, uh, when I was a pro cyclist, I moved to Europe 
with a bike in a box to Switzerland. Same thing. Nobody, nothing. I didn't know anybody. I didn't have anything. I had a bike in a box and a bag of clothes. And I was in Europe for six years uh, living by myself. So I think that if you haven't done something like that, like really, really stepped out of your comfort zone, yes, I think this is a moment for you to grow. But those experiences, like those didn't include you being able to watch yourself back and see how others perceived you and stuff. That didn't play like being able to watch Survivor after and how you were perceived like didn't. I already knew how I was perceived. I was already I already knew that there were people that I already knew that people either really liked me or really hated me. I already knew that. And I already knew that I could say certain things that would make people like me more. But the people who hated me would hate me more because of those same things. Like that's the line I've always towed for a long time. And I think it's made me worse in that I'm definitely more cutthroat and strategic in my day to day manipulative like i don't think i use it for evil uh but i there are moments where i'm just like fuck pre pre survivor tyson probably wouldn't pulled that shit like <laughs> that's interesting yeah so i think there's probably good and bad also like you get jaded with like some of all of it mm -hmm. and so yeah. i think it just gives you a harder exterior probably It'll be interesting to see. I generally don't think a lot of it sticks, the lessons you've learned on these short excursions. But you never know. We'll see on uh, season two of Emily. Yeah. Yeah. You get back home, you sink back into your same routine. People expect you to be away. Like, you think Emily's rolling back at home and everybody's like, wow, you're a kinder and gentler version of yourself. We'll have to, we'll have to get her on the pod and ask her. We'll ask her. I feel like this should be like a case study, to be honest. Like, after the 100th season of Survivor, get mm -hmm. a bunch of like them together and kind of just ask them, you know, how this affected them, if it affected them. Um, I feel like it could be a full, like some, some master's students going to put together a thesis on survivors and everything. That'd be really interesting. Yeah. Maybe we should do it. Um, no, but uh, okay. No, <laughs> I, I mean, I know a lot of people we could, it could be us, could be us, Ashley. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if it sticks. Episode opens with uh, previously on giving us the foreshadowing of Julie keeping the idol, which they've hinted at a number of times. So you knew that was probably going to come into play. You know what else I noticed? The Easter egg in the credits. I saw the green rock. Yep. Yeah. Nobody cares about the Easter eggs. That was definitely a flop. Yeah, did this but, enhance your enjoyment of this episode of Survivor? No, not at all. None of it. Because then as soon as it was like, oh, it was like, oh, there was... The green thing. Yeah, there was a green thing. And now <laughs> there's a green thing. But I did, had no other knowledge of the green thing until the green thing with that was actually there. So it made yeah. no difference. I want to meet the people who have like a bingo board or something, <laughs> like something where they're writing down all of the Easter eggs and then matching them. Like, I, is it exciting for people? Maybe, maybe we'll see if they do it next season. Then we'll know. Everyone is so excited that Bruce is gone. So excited. I've never seen people really celebrate that much over one person's exit like that as they come back. And all I can think of is this isn't good for most of these dummies. <laughs> like what? I was thinking, man, this has got a sting if you're Bruce watching this episode right now. Mm -hmm. Brutal. Well, and the 
And I thought Bruce must, the only way that this makes sense to me is Bruce must have been so much more annoying than we saw. Like, that's the only reason that this much celebration could be had. Yeah. I mean, pretty much everybody was in on the plan, too. I got to imagine that that's rare as well, that you're at a final eight and seven people are in on the plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are easy votes. That makes it clean. But then no no lines are drawn. You don't get to see where anybody is at eight. That's hard to like go blind another time. Emily comes back and uh, brags to the group that uh, she told Bruce that that Julie was out to get her and playing her like Kelly did on a level of one to ten. How how good is that gameplay, Riley, right there, coming back and bragging and telling somebody you threw them under the bus a little bit? Yeah, pretty poor. Pretty, pretty poor. I think you (laughs) rely on, hopefully, that Bruce picks that up and that Mm -hmm. when you're sending people to the jury and they're saying, oh, Bruce, like, why did you not play that idol? And he goes, well, it was Emily who really, like, had me convinced, right? You let him tell Mm -hmm. that story to the people who are going to vote at the end. You don't need to tell everybody now. I think enough people saw it without even having, like, who was it? Yeah. It was Emily. All you need is one person to recognize it was Emily, and then they tell everybody. Yeah. But her, like, so giddy and so excited, and, t- like, you're, I'm not coming back and being like, hey, guys, guys, so I threw Ashley under the bus, but I knew it wasn't going to be her, but I did that, <laughs> Ashley. But we got, like, bru- like, you're not stoked on that. You're like, oh, okay, so if things went bad, it would have been me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not top tier. I thought it was really weird. I was like, when yeah. I was watching her do it, I was like, well, now everybody knows that what kind of game you're playing. You're kind of exposing way too much of your gameplay. It's so, yeah. so weird. You don't want to tell people that you're sneaky, you know? No. Why would, no. No yeah. situation. And that you mastermind all of it. Yeah. You don't want to be like, hey, guys, guess what? I lie and I cheat. Like, yeah. no, you don't want to <laughs> do that. Yeah. Yo, guys, I'm so good at lying and cheating. Did you see what I did? <laughs> We get the re before celebrating, which does seem like now they're past the point. They're at seven. They have the majority. And they're all laying together, promising that they're going to stick to the end. Dean Austin holding hands in a showmance, talking about Robin and Amber's uh, all-stars run. What a win for the shippers out there. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'd seen so much of this. It's like, Dean Austin a thing? And uh, man, some people really picked up on it. Yeah, they really did. Because I had been seeing that for a while too. I was like, wow, they really were onto it. I mean, it started building like after last week's episode. Like I didn't really think anything of it. But then through the week building to this, I was like, oh yeah, maybe they are. Like as you were seeing screenshots and stuff. Yeah. Jake and Katura sit. And, and you like at this point, in the episode, is there any part of you that's thinking that these four aren't going to the end together? Oh, yeah. You st- you're like, they're not going to the end. Like, at this point, I'm like, oh, they all pledge. They're all thinking. They all are like, we're going to the end. I'm thinking, wow, they're really going to do it. No, I, I don't think so. I think they're going to turn on each other. No. Yeah. Now we think that. But like, at this point at, in this episode. Well, at the time, I still would have thought or I still did think that Drew was the one who is too he's too like cerebral about the game and so he's gonna start thinking about targets and picking people off even even like i don't know even d and austin and mama j are also very smart players who i think will realize that they need to like 
make a move or build their resume or whatever. The pressure to do that is just so, so great on Survivor now. Like, I don't know. You don't go to the yeah. end of this group anymore. There were some big mistakes made, like, yeah. throughout this episode. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to all of them. Um, maybe we'll just, I mean, should we just start skipping through to some of those? I know uh, we got to keep this one tight for uh, Riley. Yeah. I think what you're justifying to the ringer why I should stay is that like what you have to do later in the day. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, go advocate for this podcasting for us. <laughs> no, yeah, I got a meeting after this, but um, we can. I mean, we can go through chronologically. Yeah, don't upset do the it. apple cart. Don't upset the apple cart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that a saying? Has anybody heard that? No. Mm-mm. Ashley, where are you from? Where I'm are you from? from Denver. Originally? You're from you're from Denver, born and raised. Mm-hmm, born and raised. Okay, Riley. You're uh, West Coast. Yeah, I'm. Well, I'm right. West Coast. Too. I'm from Sacramento, Utah. but I've got like I was born in Detroit. I got a lot of like Midwest family and stuff, but no, mostly okay. California. We, we need someone. We need to rob on this. I didn't even think we need a Boston rob on this for two reasons: to uh, talk about his uh, flashback uh, with him and Amber, and then also now, like, is at, don't uh, upset the apple cart a cut saying. The yeah. apricot. The apricot. Yeah. There we go. I, thought I literally saying, had no I thought he was idea saying what apricot. He was <laughs> I thought he was saying apricot. I had no clue. Yeah. And that's when we get Jake and Katura and Julie sitting there. And Katura's doing the whole like, oh, you're a lawyer? That's interesting. Oh, it's interesting to be a lawyer. Then she decides to tell her story. She's like, I need to open up. I need to tell my story yeah. in case I get voted out but also to build more relations with these people. And we had felt her story building because she said like her story was all sad. We know she's estranged from her mother. And then they snuck that letter in. Was that okay of Survivor to sneak a note in from an estranged mom to a loved one on the show? Uh, mm. Yeah, no. Uh, uh-uh. I, I, that was so confusing to me last episode that I, I feel like we didn't even really talk about it because I assumed that they must have gotten some kind of all clear from her or something to do that. And then a lot of people online, you know, did not assume that and and felt like they had just snuck it in somehow, which would be really, really wild from my perspective. I don't think that's okay at all. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know uh, how it happened. I know that if you, I don't know how it is now, but the NDAs that you'd sign back then, if you did not, like, I think, if you have a significant other, mm-hmm. they have to sign the NDA. And then if you have any family beneath you, any children or anything, they have to like be accounted for as well. But if you are single, you have to have your parents and your siblings oh. sign an NDA. Interesting. And so it might yeah. have been something huh. like that, which then like opened some doors somewhere. I don't know. But... But they like through the casting process, Survivor dives so deep into each contestant. Yeah, they must have. They there's have no this. way they they brought her onto the island without knowing that she was estranged from her mother, right? Correct. One hundred percent. Yeah, she for sure. They for sure knew that. She tells her story, and I was not prepared for this story. No, me neither. I. The story goes that she was pulled from fifth grade to be homeschooled because her family joined a religious cult. Which means that fifth grade, she's 10 years old. 
for three years, they were in this cult. And at 13, the leader of the cult named Keturah to be his next bride. And the family left, which good for them, like recognizing that at that moment, like, let's protect our child and get us out of this thing. And then she just got thrown back into the world, which had to be quite tricky. And uh, I wish we had someone to weigh in on this more. Uh, Riley or Ashley, have you guys ever been part of a cult that you can? <laughs> um, I've never been a part of a cult. I had like, uh-huh. I had a very religious upbringing, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Went to a, a Christian academy growing up. Um, and then my mom decided that she didn't want, because I kept coming up to her whenever I had an issue and being like, let's go to chapel and pray instead of dealing with any issues. So she decided one day that I should go to public school and, and in middle school, I kind of was just put into that situation. So if that, that little bit, um, in comparison to Katora's entire story, yeah, I mean, for me, it was really hard. Yeah. What was that transition? Like, it like was why? difficult and, and everybody, I went to a really weird school where girls were just very confrontational. So I was over here like, let's pray about it. And they're like, let's fight. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> and then I just, yeah, just personalities <laughs> didn't match very well. But um, yeah, if, if my little bit of experience was just really hard, basically mourning a part of my life that I didn't understand, um, yeah. that was hard for me. I can only imagine how difficult it was for her. But I'm so proud of her when I was watching or listening to her tell her story. I was like, I want to be friends with her. She's literally just so inspirational that she went from that traumatic past and is able to build a life where she is giving herself to helping people. And yeah, it's just really inspirational. Yeah. She did recognize that like people in a situation like that need help and need an advocate and need a voice. And so she was like, I will be that voice, which is awesome. Yes. Uh, Riley, you were saying something before the episode, how we get this Katura hates Bruce narrative throughout the entire season, yeah. only then to be given like 15 different dimensions of this character. Yeah, I mean, she's so, she's she's been so one note throughout this whole season. And then now we get all this and maybe it just took until day 19, day 20 for her to open up in this way. Um, which is fine. It feels like we, because we did get like a little, some pieces on it last episode. Um, but yeah, I totally had the wrong impression of kind of like what her story was up until these last couple episodes. Yeah, I did too. Like in like the sad story, it was like, everybody has sad stuff, like how sad. And now you're hearing it and you're like, yeah, that's, that's pretty sad. very challenging. Very, very challenging. Yeah. yeah. Love and kudos to Katura. We get this boat showing up during nap time. Everybody is upset that it's nap time. Some people just laid down. Boat rolls in. I thought it was perceptive of Jake to rush to the boat to be like, if it's uh, any type of advantage or somebody gets on the boat, I want to be that guy. I like that. He's at the bottom. No harm like, in it. No harm in it for him. The rules are that if any more than one person wants to go, anybody who wants to go has to draw a rock and the person who draws the rock goes. Is this good for everybody? I don't think so. I think Emily just pulled off a big move. Mm-hmm. Staying put is safe. If she's going to reject an advantage anyways, like she did, mm-hmm. then why go in the first place? And I mean, you block other people from going, sure. 
But once you, yeah, once you draw the rock, it'd be weird to be like, actually, I don't want to go. Let's redraw or whatever, right? Yeah, but why did she want to draw? Did she just go along with the group? Like, what are you doing in that situation? Like, you don't want to go. You think it's a detriment to your game. Can you at that point be like, I'm just going to stay back, guys? I think you can. I think more people probably would have joined. I think a couple more people would have joined. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stay back too. I don't know. I feel like that like paints a sort of that you have a perception that you're in a really solid group or on top of the game or safe in some way that I don't know. Which that is I necessarily good for your alliance. Shows your alliance that you're trusting. Them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess that's fair. I don't know. Because I, I would be in the position of like, I want to go and control whatever the thing is. Yeah, but you know everybody's going to be talking about you. Like yeah. Emily on the journey said people are going to be talking about her. Well, so this is where I think Emily really messed up was that once she gets there, she doesn't play the game. Mm-hmm. You have to assume they're going to assume you have a thing. So you might as well so get why it. not try to get the thing? Yeah, might as well get the thing. Yeah, uh, I, I thought she totally miscalculated that. Yeah, and then yeah. why did she come back and tell them that she didn't get the, like she didn't play? She thought that that would the it, the thing that was interesting here was D as Emily left was like whatever she says when she comes back is a lie. So whatever she says on her return yep. is the opposite of what actually happened. And then she told which the I thought was brilliant. Like <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. I was like, okay, yeah, that generally will make sense. And the way Emily's been playing, you would assume that that is correct. Mm-hmm. So you get that. Then you get uh, Emily out there. She chooses not to play. And then she comes back and tells the truth. I don't know what more you could have done as Emily. You should have just played. Yeah. Like, at that point, you've taken the risk to get on the boat. Everyone's eyes are on you. Your vote is probably less relevant in those moments now as everyone suspects you because... They suspect you like so now they're already pivoting and figuring out a way to make a vote work without your vote or assuming that you're not being straight with them or whatever. So at that point, get the thing. Exactly. I also think that like the way to win Survivor now is to make kind of one big move toward the end. Like I think Emily did or was getting credit for with the Bruce vote at final eight. And then it's just to skate by until you can get to final tribal council, right? And hope that you're the one with the resume. And so it's like every every tribal council from there on out where you're safe is like another step forward in the game where every step is so crucial. So the fact that that was, it wasn't like, hey, this game is for an extra vote or something superfluous like that. It was like, this is for your safe at tribal council. That's huge. You've got to play. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I do also think when Emily drew the green rock and was like, I can't catch a break in this game. I was like, <laughs> I know, all you've gotten is breaks. All you've gotten is breaks and this is also a break. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, you can't catch a break. That's the only reason you're still in this thing. Like it's just break <laughs> after break after break. Yeah. Next to Bruce, like you've gotten a lot of breaks. I, I thought that was like pretty funny. I also think that, and I've always been of the opinion, if you are a good survivor player, you have to constantly recognize the luck that is involved in you still being there. Right. Sure, skill gives you more opportunities for luck, but if you don't create those opportunities to receive the luck and then recognize that the luck played into it, then I don't think you're top tier. Right. Yep. Um, 
And people will ask me all the time, who's the greatest survivor player of all time? And I said, that's hard because... What do you say, me? Like Riley said earlier. <laughs> no, I don't say me. I said that that's hard because... And I uh, quote what Riley did with his cookie cutter answer earlier, where I was like, every season is different. All the people are different. All the winners are different. All the players are different. They have different styles. They have different strengths. Oh, so it's okay when you say it. Yeah, it's okay when I say it in this situation. <laughs> but I think a top tier player recognizes yeah. and admits that luck was involved in their game. And if they don't, and if they think it was all them, or if they think they worked extra hard uh, and don't admit to any luck being involved, then they have a big blind spot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's similar to a lot of sports too. Like you can put yourself in a position to succeed, but at some point the ball just bounces the way it's going to in a way that's unpredictable. Yeah. And that's all you can do. The, sa the same way, like there's a lot of survivor contestants that put themselves in a position to fail and they do. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, you'll be on a season with 18 people and like 12 of them will put themselves in a position to win. Only one of them can. Yeah, exactly. As Emily goes, we get it, it, we get Julie and Drew talking about cutting Emily. And then Drew's like, seems like today might not be the day. And then Julie's like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Like, what? It's hard because, and I'm like, poor gameplay by Drew here. Like, you can't, like, say that to someone who wants to target Emily. Like, you can't say, oh, might not be the day. You have to be like, oh, yeah, that's not a bad idea. And then adjust accordingly. Now you're in the power position. And every single conversation on Survivor is gives you opportunity to either come out the loser or the winner of that conversation. Drew was the loser there. Yeah. He gave up too much information by saying today might not be the day for Emily. When all he could have just given her the thumbs up and gone on his way and adjusted uh, unbeknownst to Julie. But now he gave Julie the information that Drew is tight with Emily. Right. Drew, he's so funny this episode because when he approaches people, he is so abnormal to what <laughs> he is. He's been this entire season. The second he walks up to a group, and he's like, so, hey, guys, <laughs> what? I'm like, go, red alert. What is going on? He first of all talks to Julie about the idol and about how it's kind of Austin's and, and then that like puts Julie on edge even more. And then it's just like, Drew's overplaying in this moment and he's really trying hard to keep his options open and you want options but if you keep all of your options open too late in the game people see it and then you're done yes yeah I feel like you're referring to to somebody you've played with with this Kim Spradlin yeah <laughs> Kim Spradlin on Winners at War wanted to keep all of her options open but when you have 10 options with only like 7 people left in the game they're going to figure it out. Yeah, draw a line yeah. in the sand at some point. And nobody's feeling loyalty. Yep. Mm. Like nobody's feeling loyalty. I mean, Michelle was kind of like that, but she was so wishy-washy that the second like it, she would be like, nope, never mind, and jump. <laughs> but that's why she got zero votes. Yeah. So like both of those, like keeping all those options open are a detriment to your game at a certain point. Early on, get those options. Mm -hmm. But at some point, you have to show a certain amount of loyalty to people in so much that they feel comfortable with you. And Drew is 
not doing that. Yeah. He's fighting too hard to keep. And if Emily's his number one, then go full steam ahead with Emily, figure out what Emily wants to do, get Keturah, get Jake, get that group together and jump ship. But if you're still trying to keep Reba intact, but also keep Emily and it's not working, then you got to go with one side or the other. You can't keep trying to float. Right. Do you think if Drew had not won immunity this episode that he would have been voted out? Very good chance, yes. Yeah. But he also might have approached the uh, pre-tribal push a little differently as well. Yeah. So that's where you can't ever be sure. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah, so we get all of that scrambling. Emily's on the journey, and we hear this thing that we've heard for the very first time. She's changed, she's softer, and she's making <laughs> deeper emotional connections. <laughs> yes. Riley, surprised by this? Yeah, yeah. Really a surprise arc that we're getting from Emily in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, this is when I first got the inkling. I was like, she's probably going home this episode when they were like hammering this narrative again. Yeah. And talking about, yeah. she was like, this is going to extend outside Survivor. I was like, oh no, outside Survivor. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of, kind of started thinking that too. And I was like, and even to the point at Tribal Council where they kept showing Austin's face, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, it's not Austin. Yeah. It's crazy he didn't play his idol here, but it's not Austin. Yeah, yeah. he was really comfortable. Huh? Which I don't think he was comfortable. I think he was uncomfortable, but he decided not to play, which means he's going to play it next time because that's the last time he can play it, right? Yep. Which means he's safe. Yep. He's making it to the so, finale. Yeah. Wow. Assuming he doesn't totally blow it next episode, he's making yeah. it to the finale. Yeah. Maybe he plays it for D and goes home. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. 
I haven't looked at this puzzle too hard that that Emily was given the option of playing. Yeah. yeah. But we've seen people fail at it, and it's. Uh, I'd like to try it, but I also uh, I'll have to see if Carson can three yeah. D print one for Does me. Does he have like an Etsy shop? Yeah, he has an Etsy <laughs> shop. <laughs> I saw a video um, on Reddit of okay. a like a 3D animation of how to solve it. Okay. It still looks so hard. Even I watched it maybe four or five times, and okay. I I have no clue how to solve this puzzle. Like, how many moves are we talking? A like, lot. Like, like you have to like loop it over and then loop it through and then loop it over and then loop it through and you go all the way to the top and then you have to re loop it at the bottom. It's just like. Huh. It and that gets rid of the first loop. It's just uh-huh. I don't know. It's I don't, I watched it a bunch. I even read the comments. I was like, maybe I'm I'm slow today, right? Everybody yeah. in the comments was like, I've watched this like ten times. I cannot figure how to do this. Somebody knows how to do it, but it is not me. Yeah, that's good to know. That's good to know that. It, I mean, we've seen people fail at it, and it does seem tricky. It's like one of those like brain teaser puzzles that you buy at like. Uh, a uh, fancy toy shop. Yes. So, yeah, I I mean, it's one of those things now that future Survivor players are going to have one of these in their house and they're going to master it. And it's just like the same routine over and over. Mm-hmm. So the first time somebody just whizzes through it, out. Yep. But I think we need to see someone whiz all the way through it. Mm-hmm. At camp, we get uh, the Drew and Jake and Katura. That's where Drew actually goes up. He's like, hey, so what are you guys thinking? I'm willing to throw out some names. But, while I don't think this is this Drew's strongest gameplay here, the conversation was interesting in that he knew that they didn't want to name names. So he's like, I'll name names. That's fine. How about Julie or D? He manipulates the conversation in a way that they're going to choose Julie based on who do you think is a s- stronger contender to win the thing? knowing that everybody's sentiment is already Julie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what you have to do in Survivor is make people feel like they have input. And that's what makes them feel like they're part of a team. Like, yo, Riley, do you want, like, who would you want to vote out? Like, the person who's, like, probably number one to win this thing or, like, the other person? Like, (laughs) just, like, who would you? Like, I don't know who you would. Like, and they both fall for it. They both say, okay, let's do Julie. And... We get this point where Couture goes to Austin, talks about getting rid of Julie, and then Austin and Drew talk about going for Julie, and Austin is torn, and rightfully so. What do you do here, Riley, if you're Austin? What? So Austin is so tight with D, but D is so tight with Julie that if he blindsides Julie and doesn't tell D, then D will also feel betrayed. That is the balance of this game. Honestly, what do you do? I don't know. I mean, it's it's impossible to like put myself in that position as like somebody who's who's married and never would be in it. But like I think that there's I don't think that this is like the worst possible thing for Austin. It would have been if the vote had come back on him and he had he had gone home. Which I was thinking it should have, and I also thought yeah. it was poor gameplay of D not to write someone else's name down. At this point, everybody uh, already knows yeah. that to, uh, Dee told Julie. Everybody knows. So her trying to hide doesn't make sense in this moment. Maybe it makes sense for her, but I don't think it makes sense. She should have put a vote on Emily just to be safe. Then if Mama J votes Austin, 
it's uh it's a revote between Emily and Austin. Mm-hmm. Got it. Like that's what should have happened. That's what D should have done. She didn't do it. There's so many situations this season where people have just left a vote open like this, where it yeah. just takes one person to you know do something wrong. But I think that if you're Austin here, this is also one of those moments where you can't keep all your options. Are you with D or are you with Drew? If you're with Drew and you're voting out Julie, then be with Drew. But if you're being with D and love is more important or whatever you think, strategically, maybe it makes more sense, then you have to choose a side here because it's going to come back to bite him too. Mm-hmm. I feel like it already did. We saw that Austin admitted to Drew that he told D. Mm-hmm. I think that the... The flaw in Austin's game here is that he doesn't make this decision intentionally. Like I'm not I'm not really sure which way was the best way to go, but I don't think he was like, okay, wasn't part of it. I'm gonna go with D and Julie and get Emily out. He was like, yeah. I just can't keep this secret from D. I have to tell her. And so he does. Yeah. And then it just yes. it just happens no from purpose. there. There yeah. wasn't a purpose other than that he didn't want to betray D, the love of his life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got, what did we get? Franny and Matt last season. Now we got uh, Austin and Dee. Yeah. Uh-huh. Showmance is everywhere. Incredible. More couples from Survivor than from The Bachelor. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I think that's actually true. I think that is true. <laughs> yeah, or it was it at true. some point. Yeah. But, and it's hard to know in this game, like in the moment when like you have to cut some of your options out and just like take a hard stance. But I think like both for Drew and for Austin, this was the day that they needed to draw a line in the sand mm-hmm. and go one direction or the other. And Drew's direction, he wanted to keep Emily. Okay, then you keep Emily and you have to say goodbye to anybody who's on Julie's side. And the same with Austin. Okay, you want to tell D? Well, if you're going to tell D, then you need to be with D and assume that D's going to be with Julie and that's your final three right there. Mm-hmm is D and Julie. Do you, do you have a feel for like which way is preferable for Austin's game at this point? Because I feel like I don't... I, I find myself going back and forth. So if he right now... so And your final three can shift. Like next episode, it could shift sure. based on whatever happens. But in this moment, you have to, with only seven people left, you have to say, okay, my final three here is if he's going with D, it's D and Julie. Like, that's what it is because D's made up Austin, chosen the third in Austin's thing. So it's Austin, D, Julie. If Austin goes with Drew, then it's going to be Drew and most probably Emily, unless Drew can convince Austin that it's going to be D. But if Drew's fighting this hard to keep Emily, you have to assume that Drew wants to keep Emily, which means that you're saying goodbye to D. So now he's choosing between those three. Uh, when you're sitting on a jury or in front of a jury with those both those threesomes, mm-hmm. I don't think either of it makes sense. I think I think what Austin's game needs to be moving forward. Yeah, do you is, want to be sitting next to a Jake or Katura, actually? He wants to be next to both of them. Yeah. Mm. He wants to try and be next to both of them and have been the one to spearhead that transition to going to the end with both of them. Because mm. if you're sitting next to one of them what are you fearful of? You're fearful that the jury will respect the whichever Reba you're with more 
or that they might pick, they might be like, Hey, we're bellows. So I just like this bellow better. And we're going to give the million dollars to like Katura. So I think that like Austin, if he, if he sticks with, if he just goes with one of the Rebas, I think his plan won't have reached full fruition. Yeah. Like I didn't, I betrayed them, but not in so much that I took full control. Yeah. I think he's in a position now where he has to exhibit that he took full control and took Katura and Jake to the end. Right. Like if he has any other Reba sitting next to him, I think that's going to be a problem for him now. I think Dee's winning over Mama J at this, if she goes to the end. If Austin, her, and Julie go to the end, I think Dee's winning. I agree. Yeah. I think if Drew, Austin, and Emily went to the end, Emily's probably winning there. So now it's like, so you have to, those are things you have to measure, but also you have to be self-aware enough to know what's your argument. Is your argument better, going to be better than theirs at the end? Hmm. Like that's the self-awareness you need to drag goats to the end with you in those final moments. But if he goes to the end with D, D might win, but he might be the Boston Rob of this season. And then he, he, he could be. splits a million dollars anyways. Yeah, which is honestly, especially now, probably the way he should try to try to go. I mean, I don't know about getting married or whatever. Like, don't. But like, he's already chosen D lock in this in. moment. Yeah. So now it's like, does he lock it in, or and what is what is love worth? A million dollars, I guess. Is it? Okay, that's the price now. We've now, because of Austin, this is like now the new price of no matter what, this is the price of love in history. Well, I think yeah. he decided that wasn't enough though, right? Because he did, he ultimately told her. So he, he told her, yeah, he did. So I think, yeah. But I think that was also like Austin trying to keep his options open, Drew trying to keep his options open. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah. everyone's trying to keep their options open. And this is the time when you need to just slam the door on some options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And show your alliance that you did slam the door on options. Mm-hmm. So Emily comes back, tells the whole truth, and nobody believes her. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> what did you expect? Emily, what did she expect? Emily hopes it removes a target from her, and everybody's just like, nope. Like, oh, I'll, uh, I'll earn some trust by telling the truth. I came back with nothing. Come on. Like, yeah. Come on, girl. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even yeah. play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay, you didn't mm-hmm. play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Drew rushes to Emily, tells her that Julie wants her out. So they're pitting Julie and Emily against each other, which is a spot you want to be in. You want to pit a couple people against each other. And uh, the thing that I think is interesting, and also it is tricky, is... Emily now assumes that Julie is out to get her because Drew said it was so. Mm. And so Emily said, okay, well, obviously what you want to do is go after the person who you've heard is throwing your name out there. Yeah. But in those moments is confronting that person maybe smarter. Like if Emily goes to Julie and is like, someone told me that you're targeting me. Like, is that more powerful? Like, I think again, it just depends on the situation. Yeah, but I've seen it hey, work. See, We've seen we it go. work. Now, now again, it's okay for you it's, to say it. <laughs> correct. <laughs> correct. But yeah, I, it is one of those things where I was about to say the same thing though. It's like it depends on the person. <laughs> it does. But you, I've always played it the way Emily played it here, 
where I hear my, okay, someone's targeting me, then I have to target them. But you also have to, in your mind, be like, yeah, maybe I'm getting played by this person that told me that I'm the target. Mm. Or by the whole group by being told this. Like, yeah. that's, it's See, so hard to decide. if you and I are ever on Survivor together, yeah, I'm going to uh-huh. be like, oh, I need to get Ashley out. I'll just go to you, Tyson. I'll be like, hey, Ashley, you said your name to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll just let yeah. you go to work. I'll sit back. See? That's how it is. You have to. And I think that. Did, who did it? Did Drew send a messenger? Somebody sent a messenger at some point this episode. And it did work out for them. I think it was Drew. Drew sent Katura to Austin. Yeah. They so talked. Drew was like, let's mm-hmm. target Julie. Katura, go talk to Austin about targeting Julie. And then, yeah. So I think like when you can send a messenger like that, it's super, super powerful. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. not coming from you. You're not seen as the mastermind. You're like, oh, that's an interesting idea. I wouldn't mind. So, uh, immunity challenge, we get, uh, barbecue reward. And I do love the outcome of this a little bit. Uh, there are some tricky moments here. The rope is tricky because you don't want to let out more because you're wasting time. Yeah. But you have to let out enough. And then I don't even know if it was, it was probably explained to him that they needed enough rope to retrieve their bean bags, yep. mm-hmm. which drew through one too far and couldn't get it. And uh, Austin threw I think a couple Austin of them too far. Threw a couple of them too far. And Jake actually had to run back because he didn't have enough rope to retrieve. And yeah, this is a great challenge. I like this one a lot. Yeah, I, d- I did too. And we get the arc puzzle that is tricky because not all of the sides are the same. So you have to spell the word in your head forwards and backwards to make sure yeah, that, that it works. It's works. And yeah. Austin, even after being told by Jeff, like front and back have to be the same, couldn't comprehend what w- he was being told. Drew wins this thing and he creates Guys Night 2.0, but we don't get any Kenny Loggins this episode. They already paid for it, but they probably <laughs> would have to pay for the song again, yeah. right? You don't get it for the whole season. <laughs> yeah, they get one one shot at that. They could have played use. it for like 15 seconds. Did it for yeah. free. Just a little oh, taster. Really? Yeah. Just like a little teaser a little and taster. put us back in that moment. Mm-hmm. That would have been really nice. I wish they would have done that, but Drew ended up, because in these moments, you're always like, okay, how are people going to react to this? But the girls all seemed like totally okay with it. They were like, we did girls night last time. So guys night this time. That's perfect. Like way to go. Good idea. And he drew also selfishly needed to pull Jake in and drew for being as awkward as he is in trying to start a conversation. Very brilliant in recognizing like, let's get these guys at the bottom on my side before anybody else does. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. So he does, he's like, I need to pull Jake in. And they, they talk about uh, going between uh, Emily and Julie. And they all decide on Julie in this moment. So it seems like pretty unanimous across the board that it's Julie. Um, I do like all the girls uh, sitting together. <laughs> and they're not talking about anything. And it's because half are on one side and half are on the other side. So they're just pretending like nothing's going on. And yeah. it's so beautiful. Like those moments, those moments exist much more than you actually see. Like if you're, if you're all sitting around and just nobody says anything about strategy and it's like, hey, let's all read the, the trademark read information the on our buffs. Not if you recognize what's happening. Like if everybody there knows, which they did, like 
people are like, oh, it's between Emily and Julie and Emily and Julie also know it's between Emily and Julie and that's what it's going to be. Like a big brain move, which I don't think I would have the brain big enough to in this moment. And it's also a risk is get all the girls on a side and be like, look, it's between Emily and Julie, but like two of those guys are voting this way. And there's also matters of the heart involved with Dee and Austin, which makes it ultra tricky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, one of those two has to go next. If you're in the game and you're not one of those two, that should be your next target because you know that you ultimately can't say something to D without it getting to Austin and can't say something to Austin without having it get to D. So but do either they, way, do they know that though? Like I it doesn't feel like there's a lot of awareness from the rest of the contestants that D and Austin are as close as they are. They should know it now. They should know it now Drew that Austin... Drew picks up on it some, because Drew's like, you know, told yeah, Austin, and realized Austin told D, and that's how it got back to Julie. So yeah. I think he'll definitely know by next episode, like, this is what happened here. But... Yeah. I don't know. I don't think that they re- they quite realize that Austin and D are at, like, showman's levels of tight relationship, as opposed to, hey, they're just two people who really get along and are in an alliance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it... uh I think they know. I think it's, you have to know. Yeah. You have to know. Like if you're, they've held hands. If you're not <laughs> perceptive enough to notice that two people are holding hands you in the middle of the You just hold the hands with your number one out on the island. And whisper <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Then you like, that's what I'm saying. So I think everybody has to recognize. And I, I would be shocked if the target wasn't Austin or D next week. Yeah. And it's going to, be determined by how the idol is played right which is awesome it's gonna be are we gonna get to see austin be like do i play this for d or do i play this for myself it's matters of the heart the entire group should be splitting on those two Mm -hmm. yeah like drew drew and julie both should in that moment also be splitting votes on those two like everyone should like everyone should recognize like julie hated being told this week to vote Emily. I wonder if Julie can though. Like Julie is so tight with D. D just gave her yeah. the information and Austin gave her the idol too. And Julie might be like I can't go against They this wanted too. the idol back and she didn't want to give it back. Like we got that little snippet it's of fair. her being like yeah. they gave me the idol. It's mine. Yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome that she kept it and has stuck to her guns even when they've kind of asked for it back. She's been like no. That's I love it. Yeah, I do too. I would. I would, How come we didn't get that conversation on camera? I wish we did. Yeah, maybe it was just to keep us in suspense a little longer. At camp, we get this. D tells Julie the plan. Then D. Then Julie kind of goes a little rogue. She goes over to Jake and who is she with? It's not Jake. Oh, Jake and Emily. She goes to Jake and Emily. Mm. And she's like, yes, are you guys comfortable? I love this moment from Julie, like Julie, like kind of like, are you guys comfortable? And they're like, not really. And she's like, well, let's make a move. And they're like, we don't have the numbers. They're like, we'll get Keturah. And then Julie, I also thought it was kind of brilliant where she was like, if I hear from you guys that you're all on board and there's uh, four of us, I'll vote Austin. If you guys all want to vote Austin, let's vote Austin. If not, I'm going rogue. Mm. Which her, I don't know who knows she has an idol there, but maybe none of those people do. 
But if you knew she had an idol in that moment, you would absolutely go with Julie. Mm-hmm. Or at least create the perception that you are writing Austin's name down. Mm-hmm. And then Austin tells Drew that he did, in fact, tell D. Is that a good play? Like, I, I honestly don't know. Is Austin improving his game at all by telling Drew, who's one of his number ones-ish, that he told D and had to tell D? I think it's just, it's kind of similar to, to what I was saying before, which is I feel like Austin's not making these moves with a lot of intentionality. And yeah, he, yeah. he needs to be thinking a little bit harder about like which side he's on, who he's trusting with the actual truth and his mm-hmm. information and whatnot. It just feels like he's telling both D and Drew everything because he's tight with both of them, but it's like they yeah. are kind of at odds now. You need to sort of pick one or the other. You have to choose. He's not protecting his position in the game. He's protecting his relationships. Yep. Right. That's a good way. And this is where he needs to protect his, uh, his position in the game. And he's not, he's just like, I have to, I want to be friends with everybody. And, uh, at this point, like I'll tell all these future survivor players again, if you are meant to be friends outside of the game, you will create bonds other than survivor with these people and be friends with them. And for those that you don't, you will never really talk to them again after the first six months. Mm. Um, so you're not going to be friends with everybody for the rest of your life. That's just like, there's not enough there. But the ones you are friends with, like, then in the end, this isn't going to matter that much. But it does suck to get cut for a million dollars. And he is probably recognizing that. But it's going to be to his own detriment, I feel. I liked what uh, what Julie said at Tribal Council kind of about this, which is like, you just need to give yourself permission to play the game. And yes. I feel like Austin is like, he's almost like revoked that permission from himself. He's like, I got to tell everybody yeah. I got, you know, be friends and whatever. And it's like, Hey, it's okay to leave D out of something and then later repair it and be like, look, we we're playing survivor. I actually think D is the type of person who would completely respect that. So sure. my, maybe yeah. I'm wrong, but mo- I think most people playing survivor kind of like they get it. It's a game about lying. Yeah. I think uh, we get one question from Jeff at tribal council. And it's like, is it harder or easier at this point in the game to cut people? Uh, Jake's, everyone's has a different answer because every person's different and everybody's emotional level and strategic level is different in their head. Yeah. And Jake says it's definitely harder because you get to know people better. Drew says it's easier because you're closer to the end and can see the victory. Julie says it's easier because you've given yourself permission. Katura says it's different for everyone. She gives Riley's answer there. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily says everybody's preparing to not go back to camp. They all have their bags and everybody's feeling uneasy. And Drew uh, said something about Napoleon. Yeah. Well, first <laughs> of all, he says, I'm, I'm glad to have this necklace on because it gives me some protection. And Jeff's like, hold up. This is the shortest answer you've ever given. <laughs> we got to get some more. So he's like, oh, what do you want to know, Jeff? Then he says something about Napoleon. Then says, once Bruce left, it toppled everything. And now everybody's trying to figure out who their final three are. And now the game is kind of in chaos because of that. And that you're forced to vote or write someone's name down that you love, which is a little tricky. Yeah. And yeah, so everybody has this input. And we then get Katura saying how nervous she is because everybody's been saving up their advantages, which is true. And it's time to vote. So we get the votes. Everyone votes Julie. Yeah, did you like this? Do you like the how they showed almost all the votes? I mean, it was pretty clear that she was going to play the idol. So mm-hmm. it's fine. 
Yep. I think that it only works if they, they've already told you she's going to play the idol. So now you are questioning just like, who's Julie going to vote for, which is what the story that was told to us uh, laid out. Yeah. Uh, so I did like this. The thing I didn't like is they shouldn't have showed us D's vote. They should have left us questioning like who's she going to vote for? Because I think this was a blunder on D's part. Like she left herself a little vulnerable here. But she had such a good quote when she voted too. play the damn idol. So yeah, I enjoyed yeah. that. <laughs> she did for sure. But they could have maybe. Yes, there could have been some ambiguity about like, is there going to be a stray vote out there? Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. And at this point, like everyone's, I mean, people recognize that D told Julie and they're going to recognize more now. So knowing that, that that was going to happen, D should have put a vote somewhere on Emily if that's what she wanted. I agree. Uh, Julie plays her idol, which was like awesome. We knew that was happening. We were like, yes. Mm-hmm. And we watch Austin for a long time and he is tortured. Yeah. What information did he have that he felt comfortable not playing the idol? It's got to basically solely be on his relationship with Julie and how he feels about how she plays the game. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or D, maybe. I can see how Julie has talked so much about loyalty and she kind of plays a a bit of a more straight game. I can see thinking Julie's not going to vote out the person who gave her the idol and was like responsible for tipping her off that she even need to, needed to play it at this tribal council too. That, that, that is just too cutthroat for Julie. He could have been wrong on yeah. that. I think that's why he's agonizing over it so much, but I understand the logic. Yeah. So I think very ballsy of Austin to hold on to that thing. And now he's at final five. As long yeah. as he doesn't, you know. As long as he doesn't who mess knows? it up. <laughs> play the idol for love, uh, <laughs> which could happen. It definitely could happen next week. I kind of um, hope it does. <laughs> so you hope that he plays, the, he gives the idol the D and then I they send know. it home. It'd just be like such good TV if he would decided be. to it do it. Be. I'd be like, wow, that is the nuttiest thing I've ever seen. It'd be great. But yeah. it would be great to see as an audience member. I would love and it. And we do get, we get a teaser of Drugo and Berserko next week and Julie and like Drew at hands. each other. Which makes me think it's not either one of them. And I think that it's, I think it's Austin or D. I mm-hmm. really do think it's Austin or D. Uh, and with that, let's get into our superlatives, Riley. Okay, let's do it. Uh, best move of the episode. Man, hmm. I think, you know, I honestly don't know. Maybe, maybe Julie, but I think Julie should have voted Austin. But, you know, playing the idol, at least. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. There wasn't a lot of like really stellar moves this game. I yeah, this episode was a little tough in terms of the moves. I thought a lot of bad moves were done this episode. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I would think that um, Mama J doing her thing at the very end and playing her, her, not her idol, um, was the best move for her. Yeah, Riley, what do you got? Yeah, I think similarly. I had a tough time with this one. Like, I guess it's Julie playing her idol and and picking who goes home but that's just such a you know she was tipped off so it wasn't like a particularly yeah. perceptive play and and I don't know that tipping her off was necessarily the best move for D so mm-hmm. right that w- it like worked the way D intended but I don't know if it will work long term right 
Okay, let's do the easier one. Worst move. For me, uh, worst move would have to be one of these people that's like fighting to keep their options when they should be closing the door on him now. And I think it's probably Drew. I think Drew pushed too hard this episode. Yeah. Could have been Emily not doing the the challenge and just kind of telling everybody that she just decided not to do it. Could have been uh, Austin telling D that everyone was voting out Mama J. Could have been the way Drew's talking to everybody now that he's kind of you know, filling himself. So I don't know. Could have been all of those. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's, there's like no shortage of options for this one. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm going to pick the Emily not playing that. To, it's just like a lot of times our worst moves are like a little more like subtle or complex. It's like, oh, they could have done this better or that better. And this one just felt like instantly mm-hmm. was the wrong move. It's like you, you cannot go on a journey where you have a chance to win something. And, and they just, just not come, do it. And then just come back empty-handed and expect people to believe that. And then tell you everybody can, that you didn't do it. You got to try. Mm-hmm. I actually like that. I like that. I'm switching mine to that. Mm-hmm. To that? Yeah. 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 I mean, it, yeah, there was a lot of bad gameplay uh, this episode, but I think, yeah, you got to play in that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Favorite moment? Favorite moment? Uh, probably getting to see a little bit more of Katura. Like yeah. getting to see that, the, like her backstory, like, we see the backstory and now like we know like her purpose, uh, which I think was powerful. I would have liked to know that like episode one or two. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go with Katora as well. It was a very pleasant surprise to learn that kind of stuff about her. And um, it just, it actually made me like her a lot more and want to root for her. Um Cause yeah, now we, now there's no Bruce. We got to get, we got to get a little more from her. And now we do. And I'm so excited. I don't, yeah. I don't know if she's going to win, but I do want to see her go further. I think she's got a good chance to be a finalist. Oh, for sure. I'm, I really think her and Jake are going to be finalists now. <laughs> <laughs> Riley, what do you got? Uh, I think, uh, th- well, that moment for sure, but the Katura flashback and everything. Um, yeah. And also I think the like D Austin showmance confirmation, there's just been like so much buzz about this and, and it's just very cute to see them, you know, holding hands under the Milky way and what, whatnot, uh, winter picks. Mine is, mine is went home. So I got to pick now. Uh, I'm saying Katura and Jake are in the finals. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get the next week with Drew and Julie freaking out. Drew, especially, mm-hmm. uh, the, the way he acted, he threw that the lid. Pan. He might, yeah. he might be acting a little weird that it's throwing people off that maybe he doesn't get votes now. I think, uh, I think Drew end, has been like on top of the game for too long, almost. Like, yeah. yeah. I think Julie, I'm going to say Julie. Mm. I'm switching to Julie. I'm going to say. I'm going to go for D. I think that if it all goes well with Austin, because she doesn't seem like she's fully as like, in, I wouldn't say into Austin as he is into her, but it does seem like she's able to kind of separate the game a little yeah. more. And I feel Austin's going to slip up and then she's going to accidentally win. I've got D too. I think that, you know, like we were talking about how we could see Austin like, playing the idol on her or whatever i think mm-hmm. d it, you know to- is is 
very into him, but I think that she would have less trouble being like, you know, I got to cut him and play the game, <laughs> Yeah, which is good. I think that's an advantage out there. Yeah, for sure it is. The other thing I'm thinking now, too, is if Austin stumbles to the end because of his idol with Katura and Jake, I don't think if Austin makes the moves, mm-hmm. he can win. But if he's not the one that makes the move and just stumbles to the end yeah. uh, because he has his idol and Jake and Katura are there. Yeah. Jake or Couture is winning this thing. Yeah, it'd be a good good chance for them. If Jake wins this thing, <laughs> I, might, so I, might, wild. Like, I might riot. <laughs> Sorry, Jake. That'd be so crazy. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it if Jake wins. <laughs> I really, if Austin stumbles to the end, Jake or Couture, with Jake and Katura, Jake or Katura is winning. Mm. If Austin Ugh. makes the moves and brings those two to the end, then he can win. Oh my gosh. All right. So on that note, who is going home mm-hmm. next? D. Mm, I'm going to say Austin. I'm going to say Julie. Nice. <laughs> so we all think Ariba is going home. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Wait. Yeah, for sure. They're breaking up. They're breaking up. They already showed the cracks and the mistrust. And now they've all, quoting Julie, given each other permission to play this game. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's the moment you're waiting for in those groups is like, even if you're the one that forces the permission a little bit, you're still hoping that everyone recognizes and then gives everyone permission because then you're not seen as the full traitor. Mm-hmm. If everybody's then like, okay, we're at war now. Now it's war. I, I think Austin is going to find it within himself and be torn, but realize he needs to play the idol for himself mm-hmm. and... Maybe he knows D's going, maybe he doesn't, but I think it's going to be D because now they're yeah. seen as a power couple. Right. Mm. I think I think Julie will be seen as like the big move, like the biggest resume out there now. And she doesn't have an idol. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just excited to see what everyone's going to do now that I, I don't know. Everyone seems to be tripping up a little bit. So yeah, I'm excited Here we to go. see it. Julie wins immunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they Austin, everyone knows Austin's gonna play his idol. And so they target D. Mm. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. It sure would. So if I'm right, I'm a genius. If I'm wrong, still pretty brilliant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's it. Uh oh, also, last week we really gave Jeff a hard time about the scones at the fair. And we heard from real. multiple people that there's a small sliver of the world that has scones at fairs, and that is in Washington State somewhere. And supposedly the scones are to die for. They even sent pictures of butter with like raspberry jam on like more look like a biscuit than a scone to me. But what do I know? Uh, Look delicious. So sorry uh, to everybody. Sorry to Jeff and sorry also to the scone lovers in Washington State. We didn't know. And now we do. That's it. Riley, you want to apologize too? Yeah, man. I, I maybe we're a little too hard on Jeff. He was he was right on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we are out. We will see you next week. Thank you, Riley and Ashley. Till next week. See ya. Bye.